Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I got to go on vacation with my family the other week, and I made a good friend down on Captiva Island. Man, I'm excited for this episode. He's a good guy. I've been really excited to get this episode out to you guys. I think his perspective on life is fantastic. He's got a great testimony. He's got a lot to offer, and he's got a really cool story. So I'm excited to let you guys have a little listen in on his life. But before I do that, please subscribe to the show. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Google Play and YouTube, pretty please. Also, follow me on social media. Life on a Mission. George Shadburn. Find me on Instagram. Find me on Facebook. Keep up with what we're doing. Figure out, you know, what's going on and figure out who's next on the podcast, things like that. Follow along, listen in, engage. Let me know what you think. Let me know how you feel, so on and so forth. Also, subscribe to the newsletter. If you go to georgeshadburn.com, you can subscribe to our newsletter by entering in your email. You'll get a monthly update on who's been on the podcast, things to come, plans for the future, projects that I'm working on, so on and so forth. I'd really like to keep you guys in the loop, and this is how I plan on doing it. All right, you guys, this man, he's very wise. He's been through a lot. He's got a major life story. I'm really excited to let you listen in on it. His name is Joey or Joseph, and uh, he owns an ice cream shop. He was in the United States Army. I have a lot of respect for this man, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy the show. Podcasting. Hey, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so we met about a year ago here on Sanibel Island inside your custard shop, which is called Joey's Custard. And uh, the more we've spoken and the more time we've spent with my family, I've come to find out you have an amazing testimony. And I kind of just want to open it up to you to kind of start off however you want. But uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to my audience real quick. Um, so I'm Joey Almeida. Um, I was originally born in Buffalo, New York, but raised here on uh, Sanibel Island. Mm-hmm. It's a little getaway island for uh, a lot of families like yourselves. Um, and yeah, more or less, you guys came in um, and immediately picked up on that these are my kind of people. You know, you guys um, joking, laughing, but you, I remember you specifically like two minutes after being in the store, asked me how this come to be. You're we immediately curious about uh, how, at the time, I believe I was 25, how, how, how did I come to own an ice cream shop on a resort, you know, destination island, and um, we started talking right away. Um, and then, yeah, it's been a little over a year kind of keeping up with one another, and um, it's been nothing but a pleasure getting to know you guys. Yeah, sit down and hang out and get to know your family and everything. Sweet. You know, so we're the same age, right? But you've been all over the world, and yet you've ended up with an ice cream shop on an island. You've grown up on an island. How does somebody come to own an ice cream shop at your age? Um, 
So, not to make a long story short, but I'm gonna do my best to make a long story short. Um, I grew up here, like most kids, after getting done with school, you know, ready to move on to the next thing and get outside of, you know, what home would be. And um, thought the bigger world out there was the place for me. So, went to college, got out of high school like most kids do. Um, found that I didn't like it very much, wasn't, wasn't working for me, so I dropped out, um, joined the Army. Um, so, like you said, I got to travel, lived in Oklahoma for a little under a year. Um, got stationed in South Korea for two years. Came back, lived in Texas, and then once getting out of the military, moved back to my original home in Buffalo, New York. And uh, it was about May of 2015 when uh, it was snowing. Late May that I called my mom and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I got to move back home, and I uh, was kind of looking for every reason to move back here. Um, it was a real life-defining God moment for me, where I was standing on my dad's grave. Uh, I was having a conversation with him, and with uh, at the time my my God, yeah. and uh, what I defined him as. And I was I was saying I'm ready, ready for the next thing in my life, ready for the next chapter. And at that same time, my mother was leaving me a voice note here about this ice cream shop that was for sale on Sandbell. Um, now, literal life experience, I had no experience running a business, none at all. Um, yeah. But growing up in small restaurants, my family owned three different Italian restaurants growing up. Um, I thought I had what it took. Yeah. My mom thought I had what it took. Um, so I flew home, bought the business within a period of days, you know, no real no real hesitation on any of the parties side. And um, this is the funny part. I flew back to New York to put in my two weeks at yeah. my two jobs up there because I, I believe in doing the next right thing. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so that's the long, the short, long story of, you know, having an ice cream shop on an island where I grew up. It was uh, common sense math for me, hot island, cold ice cream. Yeah. I grew up in this market. Everybody from the bank, the bank tellers to the grocery store clerks to anybody who is on the island knows me, knows my family, and um, you know, we really just wanted to give it a chance. Yeah, um, that's that's more or less how it came to be. So it sounds like your relationship with God started right when the ice cream shop kind of happened. Yeah. What was your life like before that, and what would you say brought you? Um, so yeah, again, uh, being raised in an Irish Catholic family, mm-hmm. um, I was baptized, First Communion, Confirmation Catholic, um, you know, followed all the rules, did all the, did all the little things right, um, mm-hmm. nothing against any, anybody or anything in the Catholic Church, but just slowly started to grow apart yeah. in my teenage years. Um, ended up at a non-denominational church about my sophomore, junior year of high school. Went on mission trips, you know, did the youth groups, um, but still, again, felt distance. And a lot of it had to do with the passing of my father. He passed when I was seven years old, so I always had this hole inside of me that I tried to fill with people or things or whatever was the next thing coming up in life. Kind of really took all of my focus and my attention. Um, so late in high school, just really partying a lot, um, really kind of separating. I always say it's like scratching the scab. Like I was I was building that scab up every time I would make a mistake in 
fall short of the relationship I had with God, it would harden over. And yeah. I'd peel it back off again, and it would harden over. And the scab just continued to grow. Um, leaving for the Army was really a jumping off point for me, um, even before then going to college. At, at this point, stopped going to church, stopped communicating with anyone. Um, and like most people, I started to find my version of what God was. God took my father from me. God took our house from us when we were in foreclosure. God separated my family into different pieces. Um, my mom and stepfather divorced. We, you know, the restaurants that we had grown up in were taken from us. And I just really attributed all these things to um, God not loving me and caring for my family. Um, so as I continued on in the Army, um, really started to drink heavily, really started to enjoy the secular side of life. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny, at church this past Sunday, the pastor talked about living a life of sin and bringing others to sin with you right. um, becomes a way of living. And that's really um, the embodiment of who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been told I was a natural born leader. I've always been told I was gifted with um, communicating with others. And I took those spiritual gifts and I used them against God. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought a lot of people to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Um, but as part of my journey and getting out of the military, Really was just in a deep, dark place. Uh, one of the stories I like to tell, I think is another God point in my life, was when I was getting out, I was signing my paperwork to where to send my household goods, all of my stuff. Yeah. And I wrote Buffalo, New York. And uh, I really couldn't and didn't understand why I did that. Even my mom was like, I thought you were going to move back to Florida. You know, why was your stuff going to New York? I said, I just, I think I need to go home. You know, I think I need to go see you. Yeah, where you and Dad met, and see the hands come close. So, and your and your dad's grave is there in Buffalo, New York. Exactly. So, for me, it was a really uh, a stretch, but I knew what I was doing. I was kind of running from problems and fears. By this point, I mean, devil and, and Satan are fully warping the way that I see the world. Mm-hmm. So I moved up to Buffalo, New York, with you know nothing. I lived in an RV in my aunt's driveway for eight weeks. Eventually, she kicked me out. Uh, I lived. In a not so good part of town, paying 500 bucks a month rent to sublet a unit with you know no water heater. You know I was I was living pretty roughly. All my all of my finances were dictated towards nightlife, yeah. um, towards partying, towards drugs and alcohol. Um, I worked overnight janitor jobs. I bartended anything I could do to just stay in the party culture. Right, um, and really a, a big turning point for me was. Now, when my father passed, he was 12 years sober. Yep. Um, I knew my dad as a man who had self-control. He had a very, very strong spiritual and godly relationship. Yep. I mean, the way he interacted with my mother, the way he even took his impending death in stride, never questioned it. He did not fight it. It was pancreatic cancer. And it really just riddled through his whole body. That's what they attributed it to. But he, he had yeah. full body cancer. He had built bombs back in Vietnam, and um, they didn't have the science. To, that was before to they understood radiation and all that. Precisely. You know, these guys, they, uh, and a lot of them had pride. They didn't want to go to the doctor and say that they were sick. And that was really a case of my father. Mm-hmm. By the time he went to the doctors here in South Florida, um, you know, it was, it was he was too far gone. But he never he never fought it. So I saw what it meant to be um, founded in faith, to live a life of spiritual principles. Um, 
he always talked about the four spiritual principles of life delaying gratification, mm-hmm. seeking truth, accepting responsibility, yeah. and balance. And those those were monikers that he lived by. Yeah. Um, so as that happened and I got to see him, <clears throat> I was always infatuated. I almost kind of like idolized my dad. He was my god. Right. So because I didn't have God, he took that place. And he had a book. It's called The Big Book, about Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. And um, on the inside of the cover, he had his work address and had his home address. And his work address was a half mile from where my work was in Buffalo at the time. Oh, wow. And his home address was a quarter mile from where I lived in Buffalo at the time. So it was God kind of sending me a nudge, I think, you know, you can be like him. Um, and I had a cousin who, at the time, had been sober a little while, and she asked me, why don't you come a meeting with me on a Friday night and uh, I resisted for a long time uh, I even went to my first meeting drunk yeah um, I just I had so much fear I was riddled with fear but got into that meeting and really uh, through the testimony of another man and through getting to know some people really made the decision this is it yeah I went home that night it was snowing in New York it was the middle of March 2015, I fell on my knees and I threw up a prayer to God. At the time, I had no idea what I was doing or even who I was talking to. But I believed what I was saying and I felt convicted. I felt this is it. I, from this day forward, my life forever will not be the same. You know, and, and I put that ultimate belief not only in myself but in just something that wasn't me right. in, in a God. Um, like I said, like I had no idea what that God was yet. I hadn't been, you know. Baptized again, I hadn't been born again, um, hadn't even looked into the Word of God. But that night, went in my room, read that big book, opened the clothes, yeah. got to see where my dad had highlighted things and written in, you know, the side of the pages and on the bottom. It really felt like, you know, his brain was my brain. We struggled with the same things. You know, yeah. I, was, I was definitely a, a product of my father. Yeah. So I felt that connection to him. I didn't feel hopeless for the first time in a long time. I felt like I had some some form of control in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I managed to stay on somewhat solid ground for, right. for a little while. And then leading up to, like I said before, you know, standing on this grave in May 2015, in, or 2016, excuse me. Um, and understanding this is it, and you know, my life is gonna change forever. Yeah, I can tell in the ice cream shop, moving home, yeah, my journey really started um, within a year of owning the business. Um, continued to develop that relationship with God. Just any time I had free, I was reading the Bible. I was trying to start conversations with people yeah. um, and feel out you know, where I stood in all of this. Um, and by June 2017, was baptized again. Yeah. Um, was led back to faith um, at a church here in Fort Myers, not here on the island, not the one I grew up in or went on mission trips with. Because I still had that fear of going back to what I knew. Yeah. I had that fear of walking in church with my head down and being judged. Yeah. You know, all these things that society tells us is important. I still had those, but I, I did go, I did get baptized, I was following along. And then really I just got convicted. I had family very similar to yours yeah we've been coming into the store regularly um, I've really looked up to the father and the mother of this family 
had nine kids. Jeez. Um, they lived, breathed, and just were what I wanted to become. You know, right. they were spiritual. They were founded in faith. <coughs> problems arose in the family. They prayed about it. They waited. They got answers, and they moved forward. And yeah. it was not until the father asked me, why don't you come back to San Luis Community Church? Right here on this couch, actually. Yeah. He was sitting right by him. He was sitting in this chair to the left of me. Okay. And um, he grabbed my arm. He didn't even really ask. And that's how I know that, you know, we call these moments God moments in our lives. But God was speaking through him. God was saying, come home. Yeah. Come back to where you can have the greatest impact on your community. Yeah. And step back in church then and there. And, you know, it's not about attendance. It's not about uh, being perfect. But, you know, pretty much every week since then, I've been in that building. Mm-hmm. Been working with the youth groups, um, on staff here. Yeah, the guys came in the other night. I have twelve kids. You know, half of them are in the youth group here, half are not. Yeah, yeah. all of your employees are kids. Yeah, literally kids. Um, <laughs> it didn't start that way, but this past year, um, God really put it heavy on my heart to to have the greatest impact um, is to bring in the younger generation. Yeah. to turn around and to teach them. And so I've been hiring, you know, 15 and 16-year-olds. Um, we have no 18-year-olds on staff. You know, the only real adult here. Um, and it's it's been nothing short of a blessing, you know. Um, they teach me as much as I teach them. Yeah. Because they see problems arise in their lives and they, they're able to look at them differently than what me, through my experience, tends to look at things. Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, a long way, trailing back to the original question, my spiritual walk, my walk with God, started hand-in-hand, really, with this business being yeah. started. Because I knew and felt convicted that if I am to make this work, a power greater than myself is going to be the reason that it happens, not because of me. Yeah. So, you guys came in this morning, <coughs> and you got to see you know, how I kind of open up the shop and get things rolling, but I say the same thing almost a mantra that I live by when I put the key in the door every morning, I take a minute, I pause, look up, and I say, this is yours, not mine. I truly, truly believe that as a business, we are here um, and we are doing well because this is this is God's plan for me and yeah. for those young kids who come to work here and my mother. This is this is his plan for all of us. Yeah. Um, and it takes the pressure off. Um, you know, one of you guys asked me, um, do I truly love doing this? I do. I yeah. really genuinely love what I do. Um, not because of one scoop or two ice cream. Right. Um, not because how many toppings people want. It's it's because of the people. Um, yeah. It's because of stories like you guys walking in my shop. Um, and just, just by being in the business for a couple of minutes, are able to go, this place is a little bit different than everywhere else I've been. Yeah, this place is a little bit more different than, than other places I've been on vacation. And that's through prayer, through dedication, um, every day getting on my hands and knees at some point in here and just asking you know, for help, for guidance, um, being truly reliant on God. Um, I'm sure you picked up on it the other day when you came in, we're not playing worship music in here. It's a conviction God laid heavily on my heart a few months back. Um, I would praise and worship before I open it. I would praise and worship when we closed every day. Yeah. 
one day God just said to me, enough's enough, play me. Play me instead because if somebody's listening to, you know, and I hate to bash any secular music, but let's just say somebody's listening to something in the top 100 billboard charts right. and they don't prefer to hear it, right. they're still going to come and be in your business anyways. Right. They're not going to walk out the door. Yeah. So God said to me, play me because if they have an issue with it, at the very least they're going to stand and listen. Mm-hmm. And maybe it'll change a little bit. And it's happened for me many times. Maybe it'll get them to ask a question or make a comment of some kind of the conversation. And I think we talked about this, but, you know, seven in ten Americans identify <coughs> themselves as Christians. Um, but about half that even less. Quotation. Yeah, quotation Christians. About half that or even less are born again, living in their faith. You know, fully immersed in what it means to be, you know, a follower of Christ, someone who has a developed relationship with Christ. Yeah. And so I've seen it. I've seen it happen where people... Through standing in the store, they go, This is Christian worship. Yes, it absolutely is. And that conversation just takes off from there. And where it goes long term, I don't know. But I know how it goes with you know families like yourselves like and families like mine. When we go out and I hear Christian music playing at a Chick-fil-A, at a Hobby Lobby, wherever I may be, it means a lot to me. I mean somebody's standing up for what they believe in. I think it's really cool that you're wearing a shirt this morning, but literally, you can see it on the video here. If you watch us on YouTube, we've all got Joey's custard like attire and everything on yeah. just because and we love supporting you. Thank you. And you know, the, the the motto on that shirt comes directly from the gospel. It is about the principles of Jesus Christ. Now it's hard to put on a shirt everything that Jesus did, but yeah, Jesus inspired notably. Jesus encouraged harmony. Jesus mm-hmm. served harmony. And when we opened three years ago as a business, my mom and I, we came up with that motto. For a little over three years, it just sat on our wall. That was it. It was on our website and on our wall, nowhere else. And another, you know, through the power of prayer, um, God just said to me, you know, take that Joey's off the front of the shirt and replace it with what you think is a representation of me. Yeah. And it's been amazing. the first 250 shirts I remember I just gave out. I didn't even charge. I gave them to friends, to family, to people I believe that live these principles. Not even all of them are Christians, just people who believe in those, you know, six words, those three statements. Yeah. Um, and since putting them on the shelves to be sold, we can't keep them in the shop. I yeah. just put in an order a few weeks ago. They're already sold out. I just put in another one a few days ago. It's because people want to wear stuff that they feel represents them or something they want to represent, something they want to become. Yeah. And I've had I've had women approach me in grocery stores, tears in their eyes, just asking for a hug because they read the shirt. I've had people stop me at the gas station and just say, I really appreciate that shirt. Um, and I just say, thank you, you know, more or less, because that's not why I'm doing it. But if that, just like the worship music playing here in the store, if that little statement can take somebody's day from where they were headed, maybe down a negative path or a day of pessimism and spin it into an optimistic day to a day with a good outlook. Yeah. Um, that's really what we're all seeking. You know, we're seeking to make the world a better place one day at a time, one moment at a time. Uh, and I don't kind of rambling right now. But no, no, you're good. Like, it's clear to see that, you know, as successful as your business is and the way that you run it and everything, 
anybody that sits down and talks to you for five minutes knows that you're living literally beyond this world. And you just, you know what's important. You know, like, that people are important. You know their souls are important. And it doesn't matter, like, how many, you know, ice cream cones you're selling today. It's literally how you're impacting those people. And that transfers beyond business or like property or homes or anything in this world because I mean this is a this is a vacation spot for my family but the first time we came in here my grandfather was like yeah we're coming in here from now on like yeah. like we used to go to Pinocchio's and yeah. like we're like this is it now no questions asked because it, it's just I call it being a high caliber person mm-hmm. you know like you're just Operating on a level that isn't trying to just get things done or get through the day. And I think I was talking to Alex about this. There's something about I think when you have this 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 almost like rock bottom point in your life where you are it it sucks, but it you you're stripped of everything that you're trying to tie yourself to in this world. And then when you finally gain that vision of like what's important, like you're looking at the world through heaven's eyes, all of a sudden you become just this person that is just operating on a different frequency. Yeah. And that's like so easy to see about you. Yeah. But I was gonna ask you, like, do you think that you needed all of your like low points are you needed to be at that rock bottom for you to get where you are now? With yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, there's so many scriptures that I think of as you're saying what you're saying. Um, but really one I have always clung to is James. Yeah. Verses one through twelve. First book of James. It talks about our trials and tribulations producing producing endurance right. so that we can continue on. Yeah. Um, and it's like working out for Alex it's like you know music for others it's yeah. like you know doing this podcast for you yeah. it's like schoolwork for some people without putting in the work yeah. there is no without sacrifice there is no return on investment um, for me as a businessman that's why I would think of it yeah. and so being drugged through the mud and and this is the other thing. Finally, that switch in my mind happened where it was no longer God. I was like, I was making those choices. Yeah. I walked happily down the road with the demon. I walked into pain and suffering myself. Yeah. Free will is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Free will can be the, the worst detriment to us, yeah. and it can be our greatest blessing. And had I not gone through what I've gone through, and you know, I said this off camera, but there's just certain things that I don't even like to still bring back up because God's taken them away from me. Yeah. It got really dark. Yeah. Um, and as, you know, the great Christopher Nolan said in Batman, you know, <laughs> the, the night is always darkest yeah. before the dawn. Right. Um, and I like, I keep that in my memory, but certain things I've just ch- chosen to try and forget and let yeah. go of because there is no point in holding on to that. But yes, the, the, overall experience um, had to happen in order for me to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to be able to not judge others, 
or to have an understanding or an empathetic part with someone for what they're currently doing yeah. comes from a place where I get it. I, you know, I know where you are. I can see your pain. Um, and that's, yeah, that, that, there are some people who learn through reading or being told. Yeah. I, 1,000% of the person has to learn, learn through experience. Right. Even now in business. Yeah. Don't go into business with your best friend. Check, did it, failed. Yeah. You had to learn that the hard way. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, don't go into business with family. My mom and I have never been closer because year one and year two, had almost a power struggle going on. Is this your vision? Is it my vision? Is this yours? Is this mine? Yeah. Finally, through prayer and through God, I was able to sit down last year and say to her, I need autonomy to make mistakes. Yeah. My mom, like most great mothers, wants to make everything easy for me, wants to help me avoid mistakes yeah. and not make them. But you need them. We need them. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, gave me that space, gave me that. Um, ability to operate independently. Yeah. And yeah, it's God gives us that free will. And a great pastor that I like to, someone that I look up to a lot is Kyle Jackson. He was the pastor that baptized me. Um, he was the pastor that, it was like God put him in that church for me. And I know yes. that sounds selfish, but when I was sitting there, that's how convicted I was. I was like, wow. Power of God to know that here I sit and here He stands. He's preaching to me. Right. He had gone through the same thing seven years out in the dark. Yeah, you know, walked away from God, drugs, alcohol, women, completely surrounded by sin. And there He was within a matter of I think it had been ten years or nine. I think it was, was one of the Sundays He was sharing His testimony with us, and He wasn't pretending to be perfect. Yeah, He. He could have, like a lot of other pastors, not told that side of the story, but he did. Yeah. Um, and it, it literally, I, I told my girlfriend, uh, it reached out to me. Not, didn't touch my heart, it grabbed my heart and yeah. pulled me in, literally. Um, and he says, our greatest pain becomes our platform to teach yeah. and to interact with others. And your family, other families who come to the business, the one thing they always say, and it's not a, it's not a, an, a tribute to me. It's an tribute to God because I rely on Him. Yeah. They say I'm consistent. They say they know what they can expect when they see me. Yeah. Um, and that's because of God. He gives me that because of where I am. Yeah. Um, sometimes we don't go through things, and people aren't able to speak your language. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because of where I've been, where I've been, I speak many languages. I don't okay. speak all of them. Uh, I myself was never addicted to heroin. I never touched needles. Um, so it'd be hard for me to minister to somebody who's in that yeah. arena. Yeah. But a lot of the other arenas, I can step in confidently, look somebody in their face, and say, I've been where you've been. Follow yeah. me. Come with me. Yeah. Um, and I've talked with a lot of pastors who say to me that I don't even realize the level of my blessings. It's hard to look at them as blessings at the time, but what I went through and where it's going to take me in my faith. And, it, and it's already started. You know, working with 15, 16, 17 year old kids, watching their free will take over in their life. Yeah. And it's a rush. We're both 
you know, we just came out of our early 20s. It's a rush to have a free will. Yeah. To know I can do exactly as I please. Um, it's it's as dangerous as any drug out there. Yeah. Um, you know, I can choose to stay up till four in the morning, be not productive at work the next day. Um, you know, whatever it is. Um, had I not been right back, I wouldn't have perspective. Um, and like I said, I speak many languages. I feel yeah. like now. I feel like the languages of the heart that God has, has taught me to understand all come directly from where I've been. Yeah. I think anybody that gets a chance to look at you too might see somebody who is walking in pure freedom, which is definitely seems to be the case, but that doesn't go without its challenges. What would you say for your life today are some of the greatest challenges that you regularly deal with? What are some thorns? Yeah. A lot of the yeah, thorns we just talked about second Corinthians this yeah. morning. Um, a lot of the time, and this is, I mean, Jesus was the embodiment of this, that when you so choose as a person to be baptized, again, in his love, and understand he was the perfect, perfect blood sacrifice, yeah. you too are making the decision to be like Christ. Yeah. And one of the biggest struggles I have, and I talk about this often with people because I like to remain real with them, is I struggle with upholding the standard. Yeah. I struggle with, I gotta wake up every day, do my devotionals, take a run, meditate, whatever it is that I do that morning, show up and clock in at my shop, and then I have to be the person that everybody needs me to be. Yeah. And it was actually a long time of suffering, trying to live up to that standard before somebody stopped me, a man that I really look up to, and he said, but you don't. Jesus was the perfect blood sacrifice. Yeah. You're not the one that has to hold the standard. He is. Yeah. So just take breath, relax. You're allowed to be imperfect. So really that that was one of the ones, and still I'm human, so it creeps back in every once in a while where I feel like this is too much. I have twelve young kids looking up to me. But I'm immersed in a community that looks up to me. Yeah, I mean I cannot go to the rec center or gas station without running into five people that I know. Yeah, it's just it comes with the territory because there's only like what five thousand locals on here. Five thousand locals. We all know each other. Yeah, because I sell ice cream. A lot of people know me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that fear of letting people down, not being what they perceived me or needed me to be in that moment. Um, but that's really a selfish thing because I'm allowed to be imperfect. I'm allowed to not be equality. Um, like most young men, and I've talked about this with you guys, I've, God has led me in a direction, has, has taken me down the path of, of being single, of being removed from relationships, yeah. uh, to be uh, <coughs> not my most effective, but to learn to correct the course. Um, because my dad passed so young, I never truly got the vision of what a good Christian faith-founded relationship looks like and yeah. through prayer. God has given me multiple families to use as examples. So I'm just kind of learning from them how they interact, but that becomes a lonely endeavor. Um, but I'm not filled through my relationships anymore. I'm filled through Christ. And one of the beautiful things that's come from that is I've learned that when I do get into a relationship, 
the person that God is going to bring in my life will rely on Him more than me. And that'll be a different, different dynamic than I've ever experienced. Yeah. When there is problems, when there is trials and tribulations, they will turn to God instead of turning to me to fix the problem. So the loneliness comes into play, but really my challenges day to day are making sure that I am living the principles of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, using my spiritual gifts, not letting them sit, not letting them go to waste. Um, we talked about this before we got started, but my employees come to me with their problems, with their struggles in life, and I really try and take them on. And there's certain businesses, business owners, that would say that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. That's not the way I build. So when they come to me, I take on their problems, I take on their struggles, yeah. I listen, you know, I try and apply principles of the Bible to my business. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that becomes hard because you sometimes you don't know when to give advice, when to sit back, when to let them make their own mistakes, when to let them you know, learn from the mistakes that are coming their way. Because um, much like a relationship with my mom, I can't soften all their bottoms, like you right. said. Yeah. Me without my bottoms, I'm probably still you know, convicted by Satan yeah. and out there doing as I please. So yeah. I'm walking that line where I want to laugh with them, I want to teach them what love looks like and all that. Yeah. Um, I want to be a good representative of them, but I want them to be able to make their own mistakes. So that becomes one of the harder things in my life is where to step in and where to let where to let go. But really I'm I'm it's hard to say this, but I live on an island, I work on an island, I'm surrounded by God daily. Yeah. Surrounded by serenity, it's hard to find things to really to, to, yes. see, to view as challenges because with the perspective I have, everything is a blessing. It's yeah. an opportunity. Yeah. When we face struggles as a business last year, red tide. Yeah. Which just showed up this morning. Just showed up this morning. I, I I look at it with 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 glee almost because I know here's an opportunity for God to work on it. Yeah. Here's an opportunity turn it over, to not stress, and to walk into this, emboldened by the fact that I have the best guy fighting on my side, yeah. you know. So Michael W. Smith says, he fights all my battles, all yeah. of them. Um, not some of them, not a few of them, he fights all of them. So, um, it's not even like trying to put out this perfect image. It's truly what I believe. I think that's why, you know, when you guys come in and other other people come into the business, they, they feel that. Um, mm-hmm. Call it an energy, people call it an aura, whatever it is about the shop. That's truly what it is. It's that the owner in this establishment trusts and relies on God, and you can feel that. As yeah. a Christian, you can feel that. Yeah. When I go places, I feel it too. Yeah. Um, and I felt it with you guys. I remember last year after you guys left, I I creeped up on both your guys' social media profiles to follow you guys. Yeah. The messenger was like, I'm to- hope I'm not weirding you out, but like I had to, wait. I had to develop this relationship. Um, and I pray to God all the time to bring more Christian men into my life, more Christian women into my life um, to help. You know, yeah. because God is fighting our battles, but we got to be surrounded by a godly community. We have to have each other. Yeah. Um, and I feel like now I have more brothers and sisters in Christ having known you guys, yeah. developed these relationships. A year ago today, I would have never sat down 
Yeah, I wouldn't have. Yeah, I wouldn't have trusted your motives. Um, I was still, like I said, cutting ties with those fears that had been that I worked so hard on to yeah. develop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you asked me this year, um, totally different perspective. Yeah, totally different perspective. Um, and I'm, I'm really grateful that I get to get some of this out, and hopefully there's a person here, a person there, who hears something that flips the switch for them. Yeah. Um, or if they've been on the path, helps them walk more steadfast, with more endurance, with yeah. more reliance on God. Um, because I, I believe everything that's created here that we sit in, and that you guys see when you come to visit us here, none of it is without God. Right. Zero percent. I would have failed in the first month I was left up to my own devices. Yeah. And I like to say this, but we haven't done anything yet. You know, we're still year three, heading into year four. Um, God is on the move here. Yeah. Um, and it just makes me grateful um, and thankful. That's awesome. Yeah. So you've, you're going on year three here. Do you uh, have a five-year plan or a ten-year plan for this? Um, I don't, um, as, and I even was sitting down with a, a business tycoon of sorts a yeah. little over a year ago who, you know, worked on Wall Street and has made a billion dollars and da 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 um, All the more power to him if that's what he finds important. Yeah. He has done well for himself, good for him. But he asked me the same question and was offended at the answer that I had where I told him no. Yeah. And I gave him the answer, God has that plan for me. So I don't have to worry about it. I just have to follow through. Um, I couldn't have imagined being where I am today two years ago. Right. Not a chance. Couldn't have envisioned what I am. So why worry about it? Why find it out? Yeah. Um, I want to, I have personal goals aside from business goals because if I do my personal life to the best of my ability, the rest will bear fruit. Right. I have goals with the youth group here on the island. I'm working with the high school kids this fall for the first time. And I'm ecstatic about that. I'm yeah. ecstatic about being able to pray over these kids, <coughs> to be in their lives consistently. Um, I have the personal goal to continue to dive into my Bible yeah. so that I have scripture when it's needed in conversation. Um, I have personal goals to develop my relationships with my staff. We've talked about this, but if I get the best, if I bring the best out of them, it brings the best out of my business. Yeah. Um, I have the goal of bringing love everywhere I go, being like Jesus Christ, yeah. being the hands and feet of him. Um, I have the goal of discipling or bringing the gospel into relationships that I have. Yeah, that's really it, and it covers all my bases that way. Um, three years ago, I was where I was, three years here I am now. Five years from now, I could be running a mission in Rwanda. Yeah. I could be in Panama, um, you know, working as the hands and feet of Jesus. So to me, I want to continue to learn. I want my business to succeed personally, but mm-hmm. should a hurricane come, should you know, should a travesty happen, it will not shake my faith. Yeah. Um, so yeah, personally, I'd like to see this thing continue to grow. I'd love to see the staff that I have continue to grow. You know, in a perfect world, I would love for somebody to step up and ask to take this thing over a few years from now so that I can go back to school. Yeah. Um, I'd love to 
you know, check that box off in my life. You know, some people say you don't need school, but I like the idea of sitting down, humbling myself, and learning from another person. Because right now, one of the crosses that I have to bear, you know, as a figure of speech, is I don't have all the answers here. Um, these kids look to me, my mother looks to me, um, the community looks to me to have the answers. You know? And sometimes I just want to be a student. Yeah. I get that at church, I get that in my faith community. So, yeah, those are my goals. Um, really to just let God continue to take this thing where he plans on taking it. Um, and I know all that sounds like, you know, biblical speech and all that, but it's it's not. It's how I live. It sounds genuine when you say it. It, it, it is. It's how I live. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, one of my staff is pregnant right now, and she's got a baby on the way. Yeah. I want to see that little guy, the girl. Yeah. And watch him grow up here. I got a couple of nieces, you know, I want to watch them grow up. Those yeah. are the things I look forward to. Um, I think one of the beautiful things about our generation, and specifically, you know, the people I surround myself with, is I don't tie any of my successes to finances or money or profits. Um, I'm focusing on being a holistic, happy person. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really that's my goal is to continue to grow on that path. The business will take care of itself. Cool. You know, X's and O's will always be exactly that. Yeah. I hope to be here years to come for you guys to keep coming and visiting. You know, okay, this is my favorite ice cream place. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I only get to come here once a year. So, yeah. but well, Joey, I think anybody that hears your testimony will probably have a very strong inward look at themselves to see somebody running themselves in such a high caliber way, but also like having all of their pride taken away from them but living in such freedom as you do. I think you've got a really strong testimony. I think you've got a really cool life that just shows the power that God can have in somebody's life. And I think, you know, you're going to go a million places and you're going to impact a million people. I'm glad that you said down with the other hope so. Um, the way I like to wrap these up is I like to ask some rapid-fire questions. Uh, you can answer them however you want, but it's just pretty simple questions. We'll do that and we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite movie or your top three favorite movies? Top three favorite movies. Number one, Tommy Boy, Far and Away. Oh, man. Chris Farley, David Spade. Absolutely classic. Uh, one for the ages. Uh, second, Remember the Titans. Yes. Um, I love movies based on unity, about people coming together towards a common goal. Um, I thought for a second you were like, I love movies about racism. Yeah, remember the Titans, and then I don't really have a third. Whatever, whatever's whatever's cracking. Lion King's out right now. I haven't seen it. The first one I think was I think today. one of my favorite movies of all time. So yeah, I'm excited to see how this one goes. Sweet. Um, yeah, pretty simple. I like the cartoons. I really genuinely love cartoon movies. They're, cool. they're digging up all of those Disney movies and doing live yeah. action ones. So. I saw Jungle Book live in the theaters. Like, yeah, 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 I kind of just, yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. cool. What are your, uh, what's your favorite book or your top three favorite books? Um, easy first one is Wild at Heart, John Etheridge. Um, it's a phenomenal book about, you know, just 
If you know it, you know it. You yeah. know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't, I'm gonna look into the camera for a second. Read right it there. Read it. I listened to that book on tape like three times. It is, even when I was in my darkest days, I was still reading that book. And I think that was one of those, it was like a lifeline that God had tied into just gets your heart beating. Dude, it, as a, as a man and as a man who has a, a dream of becoming a family man, yeah, that book, everything you need to know, everything you need to know about the internal struggle, about the, we all have a fight, we all have a war that we have going on inside yeah. of us. And once you defeat that, you have freedom. Yeah, we talked about. Um, Into the Wild is a second one of my favorites. Uh, what do you think of the movie? The movie kind of ruined the book for me. Really? Uh, yeah, it was good. Um, they did the best they could, but in my brain, I was a high school kid at the time reading that book. It encapsulated so much. It, yeah. The my imagination went places that I don't think the movie. They did a good job. Yeah, they did the job that they thought was sufficient. But every that's the thing about books. The beauty of books is we all have our own visuals about what's going on and what it looks like and what the characters look like and all these things. The relationship developed from Chris McCandless and the old man in that movie yeah. didn't do justice to the relationship developed in the book. Yeah, to me being a relationship person, um, much like the relationship I developed with your grandfather. Yeah. Um, I seek the wisdom of the elders in my life. That's my favorite stuff. Yeah. They have a story to tell. They've lived it. Their experience is so solidified that those relationships are my favorite. Into the Wild, hands down, I love that book. Uh, I've reread it multiple times throughout my life. And then the third one, um, not a Christian, but Experiments with Truth by Mahomes Gandhi. Yeah. Um, again, another book I've read three or four times in my life just an absolute testimony to what it means to make the world a better place oh, yeah. um, totally. and to to anchor yourself in truth in the light now man it would have been sweet if he was a follower of Christ oh yeah man it would have been cool to watch him bring millions of people to salvation but you ever just see those people where you're like you are you are just missing it like you're right there yeah. we talk about a podcast yeah. that we listen to that is living the spirituals, spiritual principles of Christ and yeah. doesn't even realize it. I'll get a hold of him one day. Yeah. One day. I'll get a hold of him one day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, that, that, that's, that's and, but that is what drives us to make the decisions we make because maybe that's God's plan. Yeah. You know, maybe that is where we get to stand. Uh, yeah. Maybe that is where we get to go. Um, so yeah, those three boats, I'd say, pretty far and away, easy. Cool. Um, do you have a favorite song? Do you have a favorite band? And what's your favorite kind of music? Um, so, favorite song, Reckless Love by Chloe Asbury. That's, I can't get enough of that song right now, 10 times a day. Five before I open, five after I close, it's on repeat. Yes. Um, that's just where I am right now. Red Rocks Worship is my favorite group going right now. Where are they from? Um, out in Colorado, Denver, um, right outside the Red Rocks region. Um, the thing I love about this band, I reached out to them because I wanted to go check their touring dates. There is none. We don't tour. If you want to come see us, you come to Red Rocks and you worship with us. Um, and I like that. You know, I, I Trust me, I love the Hillsongs of the world. I love Michael W. Smiths of the world. These are people that have traveled the world and brought happiness to millions and millions of yeah, um, it brought a lot of people to Christ, yeah. and um, I've enjoyed shows going and seeing them. But 
there's something about the group that says, no, like yeah. we're, we're going to stay steadfast. We're going to stay home with our church yeah. and you can come and see us. It's because they're, they're, they're watering and nurturing their community. Yes. yes. Like just growing it. Uh, and they've got a few just absolute gems as yeah. far as um, go-to songs for me. Yeah, my favorite, being a army army boy, serving in the service, I love me some country. Yes. I love me some country. Um, I grew up a real hip-hop fan. I grew up with older brothers. My, my brothers are 10 years and 7 years older than me. Yeah. Um, so the, the Snoop Dogs and the uh, Nas and the Tupac yeah. and the Biggie was a huge part of my upbringing. Um, and when I can find a clean version, I like to throw it out every once in a while. But yeah, you know that's a chapter in my life that I sometimes leave where it is. So yeah, I, I kind of really have only been listening to country and worship music over the last year or so. Cool. Um, and it helps me stay positive. It helps me stay on track. Cool. But yeah, Red Rocks worship. Good one listening if you have. They're smaller. But they got tons of stuff on YouTube and iTunes. So I'll check it out. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite? piece of scripture and what is some of the best advice you've ever received favorite it's a tough one right now I'm not so yes this is uh, this is this is future you advice yeah um I've started adapting this an old guy taught me this but you say what is your favorite today yeah um because we're always changing and as we grow as we grow um so yeah anyways but that's I love that he taught me that because I bring that in everything. Now I'll ask my kids on staff, hey, what's your favorite color today? And they're like, why today? I'm like, because next week it could be different. Yeah. So like last night I asked a girl who's working for me, is today your color still the same? Favorite one? She said, yes, it is. I said, okay, I'll ask you again in a week. They probably think that's so weird right now. But then right, like, right. But as you get older, you start to understand. You're like, I get it. Um, my favorite scripture right now is Ephesians. Um, I love me some Ephesians. And the transformation that Ephesians talks about, it's really, I'm not even gonna pick a specific verse, yeah. it's that entire scripture. Dude, it is okay with that because you guys will just yeah. have a two day long conversation yeah. about it. Yeah. Really? Oh, it's his favorite. It Actually, is, it's, it's, it covers everything. Philippians is his favorite book, but then Ephesians is like, he just loses his It mind covers everything. Outside of it. And, and like I said, I wanna dive more into the words so that I can be like Ephesians 3 8 and recite to you exactly because I know I like 3 8. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I just remember the feeling I got reading Ephesians. I was in my kayak out in the backwaters in Captiva a few months ago. Yeah. I just started sobbing like a child, realizing that my life had been stripped. Yeah. My old life is dead. I'm born again in Christ. Yeah. I am set free. You know, that, 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 Statement of fact, we are free indeed. That means yeah. never end. We are never not free. Um, so yeah, I would say Ephesians, and then I referenced it earlier in the podcast. The book of James is just, what a testimony to be the stepbrother or brother-in-law of Christ, um, to look at him and question, how could this guy be the Messiah? I've known him since you know we were kids. Yeah. Um, to struggle internally like that, and then just write one of the most especially for a recovering addict, especially for someone who's dealt with real trials and tribulations. What an expansive book. What a book of just testimony. You know, what we're sitting here talking about today, the book of James, is the living, breathing document of testimony. Yeah. To witness, to bear witness to Jesus Christ, to write it down, and then have that as an example for the rest of us for the rest of the time. Yeah. I love, 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 love the book of James.
things. It's also probably because I taught it on my first two mission trips overseas. Yeah. We were taking English gospel into Russian countries, um, Moldova specifically. Yeah. And that book, to watch the way it transformed the lives of these kids who maybe only ever ate potatoes and chicken in their entire life, who maybe only ever had hot water or cherry juice. Like, to be, to just not, they didn't have anything, you know, like most third world countries and not singing the song of their sorrows, but to watch James just transform the hearts of these hardened people who for generations have been, who've been cast off in these yeah. countries. Um, yeah, the book of James is, is, it's all, I mean, the word of God is unquestioned. I love, I get into this discussion a lot, but a lot of people will say, non-believers will, will grab one Bible verse and be like, ha ha, yeah, I found the one. Yeah. And I'm like, have you read the rest? Have you read any of the rest? Yeah. And they're like, no. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. It's like walking into a calculus two class, finding one wrong answer in the book, the one questionable answer, and being like, I found it. this whole calculus thing is garbage. Throw it out. And being like, I'm sorry, but this is, this is real stuff. Right. This is stuff backed by not only science but by faith, which I right. trump science. When you have true faith in something and believe it in your heart, yeah, the word of God is just the best. I feel it's sounding such such a tune right now. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> you're totally fine, but like I just I can't emphasize enough how like people should live in open authenticity like that. Yeah. In all seriousness. But uh, if you could give any advice to anybody in the audience that's listening right now, what would you want them, what advice would you want to give them, and what would you want them to know about yourself? Um, advice, be humble, be kind, be forgiving, be loving. Um, a lot of the advice that I like to give is, is really short and concise. Mm-hmm. You know, be something. Like I just listed off some things, but it's just like these three words across your shirt there. Um, advice is not meant to be complicated. Yeah. What you're going through, someone has gone through. Seek help. Uh, forgive yourself. Forgive others. You know, simple things that in the world we live in today um, is all too often forgotten. As I've shared with you guys, I've deleted and, and ridded myself of social media aside from my business here. Uh, because on a personal level, I found it bringing more damage into my life than good. Mm-hmm. Just little things like that. Evaluate yourself. Reflect. Mm-hmm. Do not be afraid to look inside of yourself and figure out where are my thorns. Second Corinthians, as we talked about this morning, as we talked about on the beach the other day. Where, where am I falling short? Yeah. Even I sitting here today, I'm no better than anybody else. Yeah. I just decided to look inward fix some of my issues and share that. That's it. It's yeah. as simple as it gets. So do that. Do do the uncomfortable stuff. Yeah. Um, I always like to say wake up early at least once a week. I'm not one of these Jocko Welling guys that's gonna yeah. tell you three hundred and sixty five days for the rest of your life, get up at four in the morning, you know, it's just piss iron and jump yeah. off like that. Unless you're going to bed at seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that, we've discussed this, but I, I go to bed at some nights at 11, 12, 1 a.m. Not by choice. I'm not sitting there wasting time. I don't get out of work until 11 o'clock. Right. Stand under white LED lights all day long, yeah. you know, on my feet for 14 hours. So if I go for a run when I get home, I'm not getting to bed until 12 o'clock. Like, but at least once a week, I get up before the sun and I watch it rise. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do 
because it's the one unquestioned thing that we're looking at a map here on the wall. Maybe we'll take a shot of it before the guys leave. But there's seven and a half, eight billion, whatever the number is of people in the world. The one common thing we have is not skin color, it's not culture, it's not religion, it's not creed, it's not language, it's not anything physical or anything. The one thing we get is a sunrise and a sunset. That's it. True. So when you're looking at that sunrise and you're watching that sunset, you are taking part in the greatest show on earth, which is not only are you, but two billion, three billion, on a great night, on a, on a incredible sunset night, you and blank billion people are watching that exact same sun. I mean, there's nothing that stirs my heart more than that, than the word of God, than, than Jesus Christ. And so I tie a lot of that sun, sunrise, sunset into my relationship with Christ at least once a week. I gotta watch that thing rise. I gotta watch that thing set. It's really a cold time. Don't do it all the time. Um, but when I get to do it, I feel fulfilled. Um, so that's that. Get out and do that more. Be in nature more. Um, seek to and you shall find. You know, set small goals for yourself and accomplish them. Um, I forget the last part of your question. So, so what I seen that. Uh, what would you want the audience to know about yourself? Um, I weighed 12 pounds when I was born. I was a what? I was a monster. I was I was a little over 12 pounds. I think about that often. Good lord. Yeah, I know. The nurses took me around the baby ward. Does your mom hold that against you? Yeah, she does. She never had any kids after me. She was like, that's it, I'm done. Say la vie. The nurses walked me around like a pumpkin in the in the hospital ward. Like, look, like at, look at this God's monster. Look at this thing. Yeah, like, you know the baby pictures when you're little? And it takes normally like half the chest and then your neck. Mine was just my head. Because, Did like, you like have the head you ever <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, my brothers make fun of me my whole life. They're like, you grew into your head. <laughs> my nickname growing up was always like noggin or dome oh, or whatever. Like I grew into it. And it's still gigantic. It's still just the camera yeah. doesn't do it justice. It's, I have a we freak got of you guys did it. But I was 12 pounds. That's a fun, small known fun fact that whenever I lay it out, people would just I was that's wrong with you. People thought I was impressive being like nine pounds, eight ounces. That's ridiculous. How long how long were you? I think I was a little over 26 inches, 24 and a half inches, somewhere Did in she had you like at a 12 month mark? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was a, a freak set of circumstances, but, and I mean, while all of our, all of our moms. She's like, well, you better be like, you better be the CEO yeah. of some ice cream shop. Yeah, no, exactly. My, our moms are always our great biggest fans, our, our greatest yeah. supporters, no matter what goes on in our lives. And my mom said, and my dad, in that moment, they said, he's larger than life. Like this is going to be a kid that <laughs> I don't know if they said you know yeah. he's going to do good or great things, but you know they said this he's going to be larger than life, and I feel like the rest of my life is a testimony to the fact that I was born twelve times. Wow, wow, that's came awesome. into this world as a big um, whatever, and, I, and yeah. I hope to leave it that way. I hope to at the end of my journeys, you know, everything that is encompassed, that same feeling that I came into the world with. You know, here's this larger life thing. I hope that's how it will be. You know, and, and, and what I really pray and hope for is that that that's leaving an impact of Jesus in the world. Um, yeah. So I know it's a little goofy and off the cuff, but I thought that'd be something that that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, hey. So for the audience members, anybody who might visit Sandville Island, where can we find you on social media? How can we find you? 
Um, at Joey's Custard. Sanibel. Um, Facebook Joey's Custard. Uh, website Joey'sCustard.com. Um, like I said before, I don't have any personal accounts to follow or anything. On Facebook, I do. So if you want to have me on there, um, but. Yeah, just follow the journey, you know, and keep pushing yourselves. And um, my hope and my prayer for you is that whatever I said and whatever George asked today and whatever we got out there for you is uh, content that can be something that hits the spot with you. And, um, yeah, that's it. We're on 2467 Periwinkle Way, Sanibel, Florida. Um, it's a neat little island if you've never been. Get yourselves down here. The family comes down once, twice a year. You can see the smile on his face right now. He, uh, he yeah. loves Sanibel. Yeah, all right. Well, guys, that was Life on a Mission with Joey. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you later. Love you guys.